Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-605-6995 immediately. That's 800-605-6995. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-605-6995 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-605-6995. That's 800-605-6995. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-605-6995 for your free author submission kit. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, depending on what time you're listening to this show. If you're listening on our podcast, this is Radio Law Talk. My name is Todd Kunin, and the first thing you might be saying to yourself, well, maybe not the first thing, but one of the things you'd be saying to yourself is, wait a minute, I thought I heard... Where's Fred? Exactly, where's Fred? Didn't didn't the promo just say Radio Law Talk hosted by Fred Fred Penny? Fred Penny is on assignment today. Hopefully he's listening in. Every once in a while when that happens, he'll chat with us via text or send something in. So if we hear from him, we do. Fred, if you are listening, we miss you here. Todd Cunin, Denise Dirks in her usual position of prominence, seated to the left of where Fred would normally sit. And I took his spot because it's like Game of Thrones. The other left. The other, uh, uh, to the right, because... I do not know my left from my right. Do you ever do that where, you, you know, you put your hands down and you extend your thumb and your forefinger and whichever one actually makes the letter L, you know, is your left side? Yes. Wait a minute. You've never look, heard that? I just look for the scar. I just, <laughs> but that, and that voice that you hear there, which is also the voice of our intro, is none other than our producer, Cal Hunter. Hello. Mr. Hunter, how are you today? Perfectly well, thank you. Outstanding, like a farmer in yeah, the field. Exactly, exactly right. It, 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 Denise, we blew right past you, you know, after I inadvertently said left when I meant right. How are things going? Things are going well. I'm glad to be back. Glad you, where were, you know, without giving too many details, what took you away from our little soiree that we have on my niece graduated from high school. Was was it, was this an actual ceremony that you got to attend, or was it one of these drive-throughs where I'll take a diploma plus a twenty-piece McNugget and a Diet Coke? Well, luckily we got to park. It was a park-in. Oh wow! So we all got to park, and we got to sit in front of our vehicles with social distancing, and um, and they did. You know how the the cars would do a drive-through to drop kids off and the kids did the walk-through around the drive-through did they do a big pa or did they do fm radio one of those little church the radios yeah yeah they, Very, well yeah. they did both because the people close enough could hear um through you know their speaker the, system the PA, right yeah. right people in the back had their 
their radios on. Yeah. You know that you cannot get those little low-power transmitters anymore? There's a company in Utah called Rolls that makes these little half-watt legal FM transmitters that broadcast a half a mile or something like that. They said, I, I reached out for a school in Reading that wanted one, and they said, how about July? <laughs> oh. Because yeah, everybody wanted them. Just, they just were out of them, so it was yeah. crazy. Yeah. It was a wonderful ceremony. There were 15 graduates, and um, we had a barn, a big old barn party afterwards. I'm just glad you could go. That's wonderful. Yeah, it was fun. Huh? See, this is how my mind works, which is always a dangerous thing. <laughs> please okay. no, please no. <laughs> because because when Denise said that you know, we went to the graduation and we, and we got to park there, my mind is flash-forwarding for, you know, your niece who graduated to, uh, you know, let's say 20 years from now when she has a child of her own who's getting to the dating age and she gives that uh, speech, well, all right, you go out with the boys, but I don't want you to park. And the, the child says, isn't that how you got your diploma? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. And just using that to – kids will use anything to stick it to their folks, won't they? Uh, Todd has a lot of backstory there. Apparently. <laughs> I really want to know about this whole this, uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, that thought may or may not be based upon true events. <laughs> Especially during graduation. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, folks, Radio Law Talk, if you're uh, tuning in for the first time or if it's been a while, we, we like to discuss legal issues here. But please understand that anything that we say – on the show is for entertainment purposes. We're not giving specific legal advice. If you have an issue that you need specific legal advice for, please contact an attorney of your choice so that you can have a discussion about those issues that are related to your specific circumstance. Uh, I, I had somebody last week ask me for some legal advice. I, I practice criminal law. I'm a criminal defense attorney, a former prosecutor. Denise is a family law attorney. And uh, Fred, who is not here, is uh, in the personal injury realm. And so I had somebody ask me last week a criminal law-related question. What would you do? What's your advice? And I said, well, my first advice, my first bit of advice to anybody is don't break the law. <laughs> that's that's where it starts. Okay? By the way, that was me who asked Todd. I want you to be glad to know I'm out on bail now. <laughs> very good, very good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's important because, look, not breaking the law doesn't mean you ain't going to get arrested sometime because there are people that are found, that are arrested but later exonerated all the time. But it's always good for your defense if you didn't actually do it. <laughs> That's yeah. always good. <laughs> it always helps your lawyer, too, because the, the, it's different for criminal defense attorneys. If, if the client did it, then your focus is trying to make sure the punishment fits the crime. There are constitutional violations with the arrest, all that kind of stuff. If they're innocent that's a lot more stress because your focus is trying to m make it so that they can continue to maintain that presumption. Does it cost more to defend an innocent party or a guilty party in the world of criminal law? Uh, when it comes to money, it does not cost more in, in the sense that two people similarly situated, if the person, if I have two people come in and one says I did it and the other says I didn't do it, right. I'm not going to tell the one person who didn't do it. Well, okay, I'll charge you 5000 and then the one who did do it, I'll charge you. There's no disparity there. Okay. I think that there is an increase in cost in terms of mental taxation and anguish when you honestly believe that somebody did not do it, and you're like, if I don't do my job, they're going to be found guilty of something that they didn't do. Yeah. And then... Um, and, and you would check out right away um, any pleas that could happen that could be something that they could accept that would be 
you know, acceptable to them. But at the same time, you in the background, you're feeling like this kind of stinks because they're not guilty. Exactly. Well, and that gets a little to the issue of cost there, which is if somebody truly did not do it, they're less inclined to take any sort of plea. Why would I plead to a lesser offense to stop that I didn't do? to keep from being convicted of something greater that I didn't do, I would like a trial. Well, so an innocent person seeks primarily a binary solution, a one or a zero. I'm either in or I'm out, guilty or, or innocent. That, that's yeah. usually where it starts. I, you know, And so that's where it can be more expensive because the conduct, conduct of a trial is expensive. It takes more time. Right. Whereas a person that is just looking for the best deal, those don't even go to trial. You go to court, uh, you review the information, the discovery that was provided, and then you go ahead and you try to get them the best deal possible. It doesn't take as much time. So, uh, Cal, one of the things that we do here is a game called Case or No Case, and I know we're running up on our first break. Do we got time to get this one set well, up? let's see. Let's see. We'll, now we'll give it's it a time to play Case or No Case. It doesn't matter. Denise is going to wait till the break anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really, doesn't really matter. Jacob Lingenfelter was a Civil War reenactor who, like many, was a stickler about authenticity. One fine June day, there was an estate sale in the place next to his Pennsylvania farm. His elderly neighbor, Phyllis, was going to live in an extended care facility, and Joe liked his wife to buy especially older people's button boxes because he would occasionally find buttons of value, especially to military collectors like himself. So his wife, Marie, went along with him to this sale, and that was only part of the hobby. She was only part of his hobby that she liked. She first bid three dollars, then five, then seven, then ten for an older button box. And when she opened it up, and this is where I'm going to leave it for now. We only have a minute left. And when she opened it up, there was a bonanza. It was a great thing. So I'm not going to tell you more about it. Just keep that much in your mind. We'll refresh it when we come back, if we'll, that's okay. We'll how, how much did she pay? Ten bucks. Ten bucks. So we'll think about the $10 button box bonanza and how this story ends up before Denise and I have to opine whether Cal is pulling our leg or if this is actually a case. Cal, take us out. Or stitching your buttons here. (laughs) (laughs) At any rate, we will continue with Radio Law Talk right here. So if you'll stay there, we promise we will be right back. And we appreciate the fact that you're listening either online or on the air. It's all good. Advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. The cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and bailing company. Read more about them at northwestcompacting.com. At TicketChocolate.com, we believe that simplicity is best. We also know that chocolate is one of life's finest things that can help you savor your greatest moments. Late night visits with old friends, overdue romantic moments, and quiet mornings all to yourself. 
See their wide variety, like hot chocolate sticks or creamy marshmallows, and a lot more, at TicketChocolate.com. They remind busy people like you to take time for the pleasure small things can give. TicketChocolate.com, where simplicity is best. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. I'm going to Quick Quack Car Wash. Get my car washed, make it quick, quack, pretty, shiny, sexy, just because I want to don't drive dirty. Going to get my car suds at the Quick Quack Car Wash. It's the Quick Quack, quickest and the cleanest by far. We're talking three skinny minutes sitting right in your car. Wash 100 feet of cloth. Washing your car at the Quick Quack Car Wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Ford, or Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, Quick Quack will spruce her up just like that. You'll be happy looking snappy. You'll be glad you was at the Quick Quack Car Wash. Get on the web and go to DontDriveDirty.com and see where you got your closest Quick Quack in the local area. Get in your car. Get in your truck. Get on the road. Come visit the duck at the Quick Quack Car Wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. This is Frederick Penny, Todd Cunin, and Denise Dirks with a personal invitation to you who have a business that could benefit from a little national exposure. Radio Law Talk is heard in more than 35 markets across the United States, and Radio Law Talk provides that opportunity. Some of you have listened to the show and thought, my business should be advertising there right now. We agree. So email info at radiolawtalk.com. And we'll get right back with you. Let us help your business grow in multiple markets. Email info at radiolawtalk.com now. Even in the hustle and noise of this modern world, we feel the pull of the forest to walk under the canopy and feel transformed. National forests are essential to life, majestic and grand. They clean our air, supply drinking water to millions, and provide homes to countless wildlife. They fuel our imaginations, inspiring us to think big, and now's the time to do just that. Fires and natural disasters devastate our forests each year. That's why we're replanting millions of new trees across the country. The Arbor Day Foundation needs your help. We've heard the call of the wild and we've answered. Scientists, foresters, volunteers, and members, together we can preserve and protect our heritage and legacy. We must act now so that the generations of today and tomorrow can continue to depend on our forests. Visit arborday.org. See how you can help. Boys are weird. You're listening to radiolawtalk.com. And now back to your host, Frederick Penny. And Frederick Penny again on assignment. Todd Cunin, Denise Dirks here. And Cal... You set things up. The uh, the ten dollar bonanza button box, the collector, the husband and wife that were looking, and now the rest of the story. Yes, let me finish this out. So, like I said, she bid three, five, seven, ten dollars for an older looking button box that clearly had been around for a while, and inside 
to La Bonanza, 12 brass buttons from the Revolutionary War worth perhaps at least a couple of hundred dollars each. It was an incredible find, and word got out. One of Phyllis's kids was a historian, and she had heard rumor that these buttons were still in the family. But, of course, she realized they were not still in the family after the sale. But, so then uh, she told her child, Andrea, and Andrea went to Marie and asked if she might buy the buttons back for the price Marie paid for them. Or would you mind just giving them back to the family? And Marie said, I'm not interested in selling them back. I'm not interested in giving them back. I bought them, and that's that. So Phyllis and the kids decided to consult an attorney, claiming the buttons were a family heirloom and never should have been sold in the first place. She got counsel to come up with a legal theory as to why she should get the buttons back. And so, Denise Dirks, I ask you, case or no case, what say you? I, I say that there is a legal theory. Um, the legal theory would be unjust enrichment. Um, that would be where you're you're selling something, and you don't know the value of it necessarily, but the other party knows the value. Like a Picasso or something at the exactly. free market. Exactly, yeah. and right, and right, they right. um and they buy it for a lot less than what the value is, and then you would sue them to um you would sue them to try to get the it back, you know, for specific damages and specific enforcement perhaps, and under a, a theory of unjust enrichment. So would you go after the um, amount they sold it for or i mean would that what i mean no you'd go after the value oh okay right. if you couldn't get the specific performance to give back the buttons then you would go after the value got it okay um in this particular case um jacob lingenfelder yep that's the guy yeah <laughs> lingen l-a-n-g-e-n lingenfelder yes <laughs> and this was in pennsylvania very common Dutch name. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to say that this is a case and the family member gets the value of the buttons but does not get the return of the buttons. Okay. Todd Kunin, uh, there's Denise's thought on this. What are your thoughts on this whole thing? Just a couple of clarification questions. Oh, here we I go. Have. Here yeah. we go, Denise. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the box was purchased for $10, Ten correct? bucks, yep. And had everything in it. Yeah. And it had yeah. everything in it. Mm -hmm. Did they know the contents of the box before the transaction to purchase the box for 10 bucks? Did who know? Did the purchaser? No. Yeah. They, just, no, they knew so, it was a button box. Uh, That's they knew all it was they a button box. They paid 10 bucks, And after that transaction was over... They opened it up. Did they open it up on the spot, or was it until they got home? I believe it was later, but okay. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they wouldn't ever gloat in front of people. They'd just buy it and go home like a hidden treasure. Oh, boy, let's see what we got. Okay. You know, like that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I'm going to say uh, I disagree with Denise on the unjust enrichment for this reason. Uh, nobody knew the value of that box at the time that it was going the transaction was occurring. So it's not like they paid 10 bucks for something that they knew would have been worth 1200 or whatever it Ooh, was. Look, the Mona Lisa. <laughs> yeah. They just, they just bought that. That's one. And two, um, it's very difficult to draw the line in that case. If no fraud is going on, it's very difficult to draw the line. Uh, when somebody purchases something for less than market value and it turns out to be, uh, the market value turns out to be much higher than the purchase price. I mean, we see this all the time. You know, somebody buys a, a painting at a yard sale, and it turns out to be the long-lost Monet or something like that. And, you know, when people want to hold a sale, they're entering into that voluntarily. They weren't coerced to sell it. So I'm going to say that this is um, 
Which is not to say that unjust enrichment would never apply. I just don't think it applies in this context. So I'm going to say that this is a case. And I think that the couple that purchased it prevails. They, they don't have to uh, pay anything back. I think this is a, you know, you've heard buyer beware. And I think that the seller beware is the same principle. And so the Lingenfelters or whatever their name is, they get to keep the box and don't have to, and the buttons don't have to give anything back. There are thousands of people named Lingenfilter listening to us near Pennsylvania right now. <laughs> that, that are probably, you know, hanging me in effigy because I can't pronounce the name. Exactly. I get it. Well, it, this is an interesting case because we've all heard of these things happening, whether it's a flea market or a garage sale or whatever it may be. And what I find most interesting about it was your diverse legal theories on why it was a case and what the possible outcome was. So both of you said it was a case. Is this correct? Uh-oh. Yes. I'm just making sure. Is that... Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cow made it up case, but it is nonetheless interesting to think about because I bet this kind of stuff happens all the time. Yeah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our first hour, case or no case. Next hour, what are we going to do? Next hour, I'm going to take you to a traffic tragedy on case or no case. You know, it's interesting when you talk about the uh, divergent legal theories that happen and stuff. And I, and I know that people can look at that at first blush and say, how can two lawyers look at this? And, you know, they got the legal backgrounds and they're so different. You know, most of the cases that go before the U.S. Supreme Court, I, I think that the majority of them are decisions that are not unanimous. There's always at least one person, like that one dentist who refuses to recommend Crest toothpaste. There's always one person that, you know, I have a different legal theory. An effective oral dentifrice, by the way. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that last in, he's just holding out. Oh, I don't know. They're not paying me. <laughs> Quite frankly, I think sugar's good for you. That's the way it is. Well, I think you can interpret facts so many different ways. Exactly. You know, and that's, that's kind of, it comes down to it. And that's why they write what's called a dissenting opinion. That's yeah. their opinion. My opinion is different. And right. so, and so, yeah. if it, you know, people would look at the Supreme Court and say, "My gosh, they're the greatest legal minds," or, or whatever. And some people would say, "Well, yeah, not the majority of them greatest legal minds, but <laughs> I think they all are." Even though I don't always agree with them politically, they're still all very intelligent people. And if they can see things differently than we can, too, on case or no case. When we come back, we're going to talk about Antonio Brown and Apple is in some hot water. Hmm. Don't go away. Boiled apples. Bobbing for. And, you know, they, they may be intelligent to people on the Supreme Court, but, you know, they'd never cut it on Radio Law Talk. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned as Radio Law Talk will continue very shortly right here. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Warning, don't let your business get left behind in what is likely to be the biggest economic boom in recent history. If you need to build for your business to grow, call General Steel today for a pre-engineered steel building designed for your needs. No wasted space. Steel prices are expected to rise, but you can still lock in your price on a General Steel building. And you can still save as much as half the cost and time of conventional construction. As much as half. But you must call now. If you need a church building, office, warehouse, 
warehouse, manufacturing space, retail space, or more. Call General Steel today. You can still get the General's 50-year structural warranty and General Steel quality, all at a price you can afford. So don't let rising steel prices put your project out of reach and stop you from making your company great. 800 617 9312. 30-day-program-to-replace-your-old-habits-with-new-habits-and-totally-change-your-life. And if you have PPO private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. Hi, my name is... Radio Law Talk. I like that show. You're listening to Radio Law Talk. And now back to the show. Welcome back. Todd Kunin, Denise Dirks here. We are, we, uh, are in the books for the first week of, of Case or No Case this week. And both Denise and I came up with goose eggs because Cal stumped us. I'm just sick about it. Yeah, you, you, you look really <laughs> broken up there. And, and it makes us look really bad because here we are, here today, so committed, and Fred's still ahead on case or no case. Well, but, you know, the next case could be worth we could, if you want to Ooh. risk the points you have, I'm 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 open to a little. Uh, I have zero points. So do so. I. Oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> I'll risk zero. So much for my double jeopardy <laughs> can theory. I risk, can I risk Fred's points? <laughs> <laughs> it's like playing with house money, That's right? That's the danger. I've been watching Jeopardy with my wife this week, and I'm thinking, okay, no, so no double jeopardy, no, no, no. Okay. No, no trips, right. no vacations, no nothing. So how about if we talk about the law and what's actually going on in 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 legal circles? How's that sound? Because. Uh, You know, when I was a kid, you very rarely heard about legal troubles involving professional athletes. And it's not that it wasn't happening. Of course, I was a kid before the real big information age. And so there's a question about it was was much easier for pro sports leagues to keep those things under wraps. Now, if anything happens, you know, immediately. Or the White House press corps. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And uh, so now when a when a season ends for a any professional league, I always start the, all right, how long is it going to take for the first legal entanglement or the second player to get arrested? Because essentially they go from having a pretty structured lifestyle during the season. You got to work out on a certain day, you got practice and you got games to now they've got all this free time. And that seems to be when people end up getting in trouble is, you know, idle hands or the devil's workshop. Well, Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, wide receiver, uh, used to be a wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers and then signed as a free agent with the Raiders. Didn't make it out of spring or training camp last year before that relationship blew up. And 
then he was signed by the New England Patriots, played a game, I think, for them, and more legal troubles cropped up, and so they went ahead and released him, and he has resolved one of his cases, the criminal case. Right. And uh, Denise, where, where, what's the jurisdiction we're talking about here? Uh, starts with an F, rhymes with Lorida. Yeah, I was going to say it's Florida. I know that. Well, it's Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood, Florida. Florida. Hollywood, Florida. Yes. That's right. So it's a little misleading. It looked like Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> Hollywood, Florida. And essentially, the underlying facts are that he had hired movers. There was a moving thing going on, and he got into a dispute, and it led to an Mo- altercation. What, what was that, Cal? Here we go. Movers. Move. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I tried. I'm sorry. It oh, didn't brother. work. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so uh, an altercation ensued. The allegation is maybe he threw something at them. The long and short of it is he was charged with felony assault in the state of Florida. And he just reached a resolution through his attorneys with the prosecutors in Florida to resolve that case. And the resolution is somewhat interesting. It's interesting, but probably not uncommon, but one that the average person not involved in the case, not in Florida, would look at it and may think, oh, another case of an athlete getting over on the legal system. So, uh, Denise, do you know right. do you know how this thing resolved? Yeah, he won't face any jail time at all. No jail um, time. He he's gonna ha- he's gonna be on two years of probation, and he has to serve a hundred hours of community service. Uh, he, as part of the pre he uh, plea, he also has to do mandatory psych evaluation, which is kind of interesting. I thought that was curious. And then he has to attend a 13-week anger management program. And that's because of him getting angry with these movers and then him and his friends kind of doing some things to remove boxes off of the um, the truck that was moving them and taking boxes that were not his. So it's kind of interesting facts. And there are some argument that maybe if he wasn't an NFL player, he might not have been charged so hard. Maybe charged with something, but not something that could have potentially have been a felony, burglary charge. So he pled guilty, and the the prosecution, if you will, has adjudication with, uh, withheld in the case. What is that, Todd? That is so, so curious. So, so that's the question that I had is, okay, so he pled, but is Antonio Brown going to have a felony, and I think it was a felony and a misdemeanor, is he going to have anything on his criminal record as a result of this? You know, if you have a criminal record, you go and they do a background check and they do this and it comes up, okay, you got a criminal record. Is he? And the answer is no. How does that happen? Well, that takes us to a nuance of Florida law. And and here's what it is. Look, when you if you are going through the criminal process and you plead guilty in a case, let's say it's a serious felony, right? So you plead guilty and the judge will usually set the matter out for sentencing at some future date. And during that time, there's a probation report and a bunch of things and victims can come in and make statements and and all of that. And so you have the plea date and then the sentencing date is set off. And technically, you're not really convicted of the crime until you are sentenced. Now, oftentimes in lower level misdemeanors and in a lot of uh, lower level felonies, the plea and the sentencing all occurs on the same day. And so that's why on that occasion you would walk out and you are convicted of the crime. Well, in Florida, they have this thing called withholding adjudication. 
And what that essentially means is that even though Antonio Brown has pled to the case, a lot like in those instances where you're not where you're not actually convicted, where it show up until you're sentenced, he is not adjudicated of that case. And until the adjudication occurs in Florida, it won't show up on his record. And this isn't a special deal. It's not some creative resolution. It's in the statute in Florida. I think this is the same thing that Tiger Woods had happened to him with the DUI, where he pled to it, but he was not adjudicated, which is why it didn't show up on his record. Right. I think it's a plea of no contest to it. So that's not saying they're guilty of it, but they're not saying they're not guilty of it. Carries the same weight as a guilty plea, right? At least it does in California. It does. Well, there might be exceptions, but yes. So my question is, so it shows up on his record. Big deal. So what? Who checks his record anyway? He's an NFL guy. He's got millions of dollars. What difference is that going to make to him going well, forward? Well, I think in the future NFL contracts, it's going to make a difference. It, 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 may, it, it may make a difference. And, and look, the fact that the other thing we know about the NFL is even if you get a sweet deal, even if you're charged with something or investigated and ultimately the case is dismissed with no charges at all. He can still face discipline by the NFL. We saw that happen with Ezekiel Elliott. That's right. So they can put in a more strict morals clause or behavior clause. I got you. The the important thing here is that Antonio Brown is the vehicle by which the public is made aware that this is a potential resolution in any case because there are defendants out there who might want to avail themselves of this type of resolution. And if the state does not want to look like they're giving granting favoritism towards a professional athlete, then this is something that is going to have to be offered to other people that you know, maybe messed up, but it was a one-time thing or whatever. I think the reason he was charged so harshly was because at the time this happened, he had a lot of other legal issues going on. And so when you charge a case as a prosecutor, I think you have to look at it like, um, is this a one-time deal or is there a lot of stuff going on? And it, it appeared that that was the case with him. It did because of the you know, the 13-week anger management for sure. And maybe even the psych eval has a little bit to do with that, you know, that that was very important for them to get to the bottom of what maybe the problem problem is here. Um, remember, you need to get an attorney in your local jurisdiction Absolutely. and find out, especially if you're facing such criminal um, matters as Antonio Brown did, because he obviously got a very good Florida attorney that was able to help him. Absolutely. Now, here, here's the thing. You know, not every state has the terminology adjudication, but they have different terminology, and usually every state has something where the effect of this can occur. In California, for example, oftentimes it's referred to as deferred entry of judgment, where you delay that sentencing, not 90 days, not uh, uh, one month, you'll delay it 90 days. And if during that 90-day period, you do all of the conditions that you were supposed to do, then when you come back at the conclusion of 90 days, if you've done the psyche eval, you've done the anger management, you've done all this, then you're allowed to withdraw your guilty plea and the case is dismissed. Right. Right. Yes. And you can also do not a set aside. I forgot the term. An expungement. There you go. And uh, Cal, did you have a quick question? Uh, Do you suppose it's the same attorney as that of Robert Kraft? I, I well, I'm, just, I'm just wondering. He was a patriot at the time. Robert Kraft got in trouble with his little uh, alleged trickadillo in Florida. True. I'm just wondering. If I'll tell you what. We are, well, it's, there's a, we're, co- we're coming up on a break here. We're, we're coming up. Uh, you know, what is it? Yeah. So we're coming up on a break here shortly. During the break, I'm going to do a quick search. It should be easy to find out who the attorneys were for both. Yeah. I'd be curious to know if it was the same. I know that cases that arise out of the state of Texas that are criminal cases, there is one name that always shows up regardless. He's like very famous now, represented Roger Clemens and others, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Florida had the same thing. Huh. 
I just I just think it's a fascinating thing. Patriot, now former Patriot, Florida law trouble. Anyway, there is a website, by the way, if you're curious about Florida problems, called afloridaman.com. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back here with more Radio Law Talk right after this. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast, 800-814-5108, 800-814-5108, 800-814-5108. That's 800-814-5108. Peekaboo, peekaboo, smile. Smile, buddy. Come on, smile. Oh, honey, he's still not smiling. Maybe he's not a smiler. <sighs> yeah, maybe he's just not a happy baby. Maybe he's just being a boy. You know how boys are. Or maybe he's teething. Oh, poor baby, I think his gums hurt. 
Maybe he's just tired. Or maybe his tummy hurts. He didn't eat that much. Maybe he's not ticklish. You think maybe he's scared of the dog? Maybe he'll outgrow it. Maybe it's a phase. Maybe he just doesn't like smiling. Maybe he has autism, and we can definitely do something to help. Maybe is all you need to find out more about autism. No big, joyful smiles by six months is one early sign. Learn the others at AutismSpeaks.org signs or see a doctor today for an autism screening. The sooner it's diagnosed, the better. And it can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Is this real life? Now, now it's time for more Radio Law Talk. That is very Classy there, Cal. <laughs> Use some old rock and roll production yes, techniques. Yes, yes. Backward reverb. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> now it's time for Radio Law Talk. And when we walk into the vault of disgust, we have... <laughs> uh, Speaking of old rock and roll bumpers. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The walk of shame. <laughs> the walk of shame. I wanted to touch something. An issue that Denise raised in our last segment was the question about no contest versus guilty. And how does that work in court? Uh... And there's a case called People versus West that I'm aware of in the state of California. And on the federal level from the U.S. Supreme Court, it's the very similar holding, which is essentially sometimes for tactical reasons, a person may enter a want to enter a plea. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they believe that they did it. They just understand for tactical reasons, maybe the evidence is so far stacked against them that it, the, the likelihood of prevailing is minimal maybe the offer is very good and they're just they're willing to go ahead and take it on the chin but how can that be accomplished without saying i am guilty how can i take responsibility for something or agree to be punished if you will for something without actually saying that i am guilty of it and that's where the concept of no contest arises and it's recognized by the courts essentially saying look i, I just I'm not going to fight it. Let's so go it ahead. takes a little edge off your stupidity? I mean, is that it, what we're well, talking that, about? That's here? one. The big thing here is when you have a case where somebody is facing criminal charges, but then could also face civil liability. Let's, like, let's say it's a criminal assault case, right? And you have criminal charges for the assault, but you may also be sued individually by the victim in, in a personal injury lawsuit sure, yeah. for that. And, and so the question here is, look, uh, is there a way that I can take responsibility for the criminal case but not have that used against me in the civil case But because because it's a guilty plea, and now it's on the record. You said you were guilty of this, and that's where no contest comes One from. One of the most famous no contest pleas in the history of the United States was done by then-Vice President Spiro T. Agnew, who was Richard Nixon's vice president. He was busted in a Maryland corruption case. And the words that were bantered all about the media at that time were nolo contendere. I do not contend the charges. And yeah. it, that Contest. Yeah, I do not contest. Yeah. And that's when it kind of came up. This nolo contendere or no contest became more, much more famous. More actively used. Right, and people discussed it much, mm -hmm. much more. So wow. It's interesting, yeah. And so, and so that's in a, amazing. And so yeah. in a criminal case, when a defendant says that, when they say, okay, no contest, and there are very few occasions where a defendant will say no contest and the DA will say, nope, it's got to be a guilty plea, can't be no contest. There are a couple that I've run into. Usually it takes place with diversion, but for the most part, it's 
six one half dozen of the other. They don't really care. They get the conviction. It's it, everything can be used against that defendant in the criminal realm. And the judge will say, "Okay, you're pleading no contest. Do you understand?" And, and do you understand that for purposes of this case, I can interpret your no contest plea as a guilty plea for purposes of the criminal case? They say yes, and it goes forward. Right. But the tactical reason is that that guilty plea, now you don't have a transcript where you said guilty that can then be used against you in a civil case later But on. for sentencing, at least in California, supposedly in sentencing, theoretically, a no contest plea should carry the same weight as a guilty plea for sentencing, generally speaking, is that not true? That is true, not only in California, but everywhere. Okay. Yeah. Right. If if you plea, if Antonio Brown, that we talked about last, if he had pled, uh, he pled no contest. If he had pled guilty instead of no contest, uh, based upon the agreement, his sentence would have been no greater or less. Let's say Antonio Brown went in and the DA, whatever offer the DA made. He wasn't going to take it, and he just said, you know what? I'm throwing myself on the mercy of the court. I'm facing, let's say, five counts, and I'm going to plead to all five of them. Judge, do what you got to do, all right? Um, the judge couldn't come in and say, well, you pled no contest, so I'm going to give you a better deal. If you pled guilty, it would have been this. If you pled no contest, it's that. That does not occur. It's the same to the judge. doesn't matter. Yeah. So, But that is what happened with Antonio Brown. Those are no contest pleas, and... That, as they say, is that. We're going to pivot now. Yeah, you know what's really hotly contested? What's that? That is whether or not Apple's CEO has made a false, fraudulent concealment of material facts um, as it relates to China and China's market for yeah. iPhones. I, you know, this case, I'll, I'll just I'll just tease this a little bit right now. I think this case in particular is going to scare a lot of CEOs when it comes to comments they make during uh, conference calls with shareholders, Zoom, all of that. All of which are required under, I mean, the problem is when you're a publicly held company, you better keep everything close to the vest. That's why all these statements they send out are, are worded so strangely because they don't want to say anything that could be misinterpreted as giving false guidance to investors, right? Yeah, this case, though, is really the question of when do you have the duty yes. to share truthful and ad- accurate information to your shareholders? I, I think it goes to that. And, yep. and, and also, what constitutes misleading? Is it misleading to intentionally not say something? Is it, you know, you, you've heard the old, uh, well, how come you didn't say this? You lied to me. No, you never asked, so I just stayed quiet. You know, yeah, that's an error by omission, though. Th- that could be. And so here's what happened with Apple. So Tim Cook, who's the president and CEO of Apple, back in November of 2018, was having a conference call with the shareholders and was asked the question about the prospects for Apple in China. And his response was to the effect, things are going very well in China. He cited the previous quarter's earnings up to that point and how they had uh, made a lot of money in China. And he didn't think that any of the downturn anywhere else was going to apply to China. Mind you, China represents a huge chunk of business for Apple. Not only where they manufacture, but where they sell their product. And then... Subsequent to this call, within a couple of weeks, Apple cut production to China based upon numbers that they saw, and they ended up actually having a downturn in China. 
and uh, the outlook wasn't as rosy, and a group of shareholders claimed, I think, that they lost collectively $33 million or something like that in uh, uh, $74 billion, sorry. $74 billion. Well, billion, you know, yeah, million, billion, billion. million. <laughs> oh, here we go, here we go. I think it was $9 billion they claimed that they lost in the first part of 2019 because they invested based upon the statement that this is not going to apply to China, and then it turns out that things didn't really go well in China. And the basis of their lawsuit was essentially, hold on a second, Mr. Cook. How is it that you, as the CEO, uh, President and CEO of Apple, can tell us on the 1st of November, 2018, that China is looking great, and then a couple weeks later, cut production in China. How could you possibly, and this is kind of what the judge said in this case, how could you possibly claim that you didn't know that that was in the works? Because if it was, then your statement to the shareholders was clearly incorrect and false and cost a lot of people a lot of money. Well, the shareholders filed a lawsuit against Apple, and Apple filed a motion for summary judgment after the discovery, and a lot of the counts were dismissed except the one dealing with statements made by Tim Cook, what we're just talking about here. Well, what's in it for Tim Cook to give investors false guidance? That's my only question about this. I understand what happened. Well, there was a downturn the, in the economy. What's his motive for giving them bad information? I don't think so he has one. So they don't pull one. out and sell the stocks and, and oh, reduce oh, the shares. Oh, keep his market cap up. Yeah. Well, okay. and, and what's more is I, I think there's there's two issues here. One, it would be – I think he'd be facing a different set of charges and maybe even criminal charges if his motive was an intention to mislead for something nefarious and fraudulent. Right. So you like can, him to advantage yeah. and sell his stock before they all sold their stock. You, you can still face liability for mis, uh, misstatements to shareholders because you said something that turned out to be inaccurate and you probably shouldn't have said it, even though you didn't have the motive to do that. Manipulating the stock yeah. price, whether intentional or not. So, I got you. I got so you. we're coming up at the end of the first hour. The long and short of this one is Apple is still in hot water. They're <laughs> going to have to face this lawsuit. We're going to talk a little bit more about Apple in either the second or third hour because more stuff apples. is coming up. Yes, <laughs> you're listening to Radio Law Talk. Don't go anywhere. If you don't get us for the second hour on your radio station, you can join us at radiolawtalk.com to continue listening. I'm pretty sure that's how they make Apple sauce, isn't it? I don't know. That's right. We'll be back. Stay tuned. More Radio Law Talk is coming up next hour. You can hear us on your some local radio stations, and many times you can hear us at radiolawtalk.com if not there. Thanks for listening. We'll be back. Listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. Mr. Greg, host of the Chosen Generation Radio Show. I like discounts, and I bet you do too. If you're age 50 or older, the Association of Mature American Citizens, AMAC for short, has plenty of discounts available for their members. Airlines, hotels, restaurants, auto insurance, and help with your Medicare plans. What I like most about AMAC is they understand my values, and they're fighting for them every day. 
Unlike the other guys that just talk a good game, AMAC is actually holding to my biblical Christian American constitutional values. It feels good to belong to a true American organization. Why don't you join me by calling them at 855-696-7930. That's 855-696-7930. Again, the number is 855-696-7930. And use the promo code Pastor Greg. That's Pastor Greg. And get your first year on me.